You are Locked On Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame athletics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode, we are going NFL draft heavy. We're talking about weigh-ins at the Senior Bowl, what it means, what you should know about the Notre Dame players that have already weighed in. We are also going to react to a mock draft by NFL Draft Bible, Sports Illustrated's NFL Draft content. We're going to react to that mock draft. And then lastly, we will be talking about the wide receiver depth chart, how we think it's going to project, and what to expect by the end of spring practices. Before we get into it, I am Joe DeLeon, former college long snapper um, at the University of Rhode Island. Ryan is the director of scouting at NFL Draft Bible. So we already have people popping off on Twitter talking nonstop just about measurements of all things. Guys have not even, by the time we're recording this and we're done, they're not even going to have practiced yet. But the one thing that we're just constantly hearing about nonstop is these measurements and the importance of them. Certain guys having longer arms than expected, certain guys being heavier and bigger than expected. Most are positives, some are negatives because it's under the expectations. And we want to talk about the various guys, how they fit, how they look right now. And let's start off by by hitting on one guy who has freakishly long arms, which was something that I don't know if we were exactly expecting because we knew that he was long, but Adi Ogundiji, who came on the show uh, last week, he clocked in at 35-inch arms, which is fantastic to see uh, for a defensive lineman. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a incredible number, really, when you think about it. Because I th- I thought Adi was going to be long. I was anticipating somewhere in the thirty four to thirty four and a half inch arm length, which is outstanding for a defensive end. Anytime, and this goes for any position, even offensive tackle. When you're over thirty five inches, that is, I mean, that is high percentile there. So now you're looking at a guy like Adi, and we talked about him being a player that came in as a little more of a raw prospect and it kind of had to wait his turn at Notre Dame and had to continue to develop. And he certainly flashed over the last couple of years, especially in 2020 as a full-time star with day with uh, on the other side of Dalen Hayes. But now when you're tra- when it's, it's about traits on the, at the defensive end position. One thing that I have learned is it's so important at that spot. You have to be flexible. You have to be long 35 plus inch arms is notable and we talked a little bit yesterday's show about, hey, Dalen Hayes or Adi Ogundiji, I felt like one of them was going to be that riser this week to somewhere late day two. I picked Dalen just because I thought Dalen was a little more versatile, would probably show up and you know do things both in a four-man and an odd-man front as an outside backer, a Sam in a 3-4, playing space a little bit. But now I'm looking at this measurement, man. I'm getting excited for what Adi can do this week. Because if he can put some some nice film against some of these talented offensive linemen, can win some one-on-ones, you can sell me on a guy that is still growing into his body and has 35-plus-inch arms. It's notable, and those are the types of traits that we talk about that NFL evaluators get excited about. Yeah, and it's it's exciting to see somebody who is already a, a pretty talented player and a defensive lineman who's probably wasn't going to go super high but stuff like this, seeing that length is something that teams 
consider that they can work with. When you have a guy that has long arms, it gives you a serious advantage. Maybe players with arms that long are not playing up to that advantage yet. If you can work on some of that stuff, it can turn into you know a really, really good asset for a player like Adi Ogundiji. Uh, next player who I thought was really interesting in terms of his just overall physical makeup, Aaron Banks, who we talk about as somebody who probably could be an early second-round pick, one of the first interior linemen off the board, came in at 6'5", and then 338, which is just huge. He is a massive human being, and that's exactly what he needed to project. He just needed to come in and, and say, I'm a big-ass dude. You're going to get me. I'm just going to come and run people over. That's what Aaron Banks is going to provide for offensive lines. Like I said on yesterday's show, he is somebody who maybe isn't as freakishly explosive or crazy athlete, not like a Quentin Quentin Nelson type that's going to be a top-10 pick, but he is somebody who is going to sell to teams that he's capable of coming in and starting and uh, providing – contributions early on in his career yeah and length at offensive tackle is so important because you're working against the most athletic player usually at the on the defensive line at defensive end we're talking about long we're talking about athletic we're talking about flexible inside it doesn't matter as much but to check these boxes he has over 33 inch arms he's over six foot five 338 he is a massive human being 10 and an eighth inch hands like everything about him is huge and I, I've been on record for a few weeks now. I think he's going to be one of the big risers at the offensive guard position because everything that you want at the position, he has. That massive frame. He's got that box build. Like He is going to be a guy that's going to be able to counteract power a ton. It's still a solid athlete inside. And then when you, when you couple that with the fact of, hey, you have good heights, not crazy heights. You have good length, not crazy length because inside – Sometimes too much length or sometimes too much height can hurt you in leverage battles. But for him, it's the perfect amount of both areas, height and length. And it also is coupling that 338 well-proportioned, just a massive young man with big hands. He's got that strong initial punch. So many boxes being checked by Aaron Banks. And again, I think that he is going to be one of the biggest risers this week down in Mobile. And I, I think that he's just kind of scratching the surface of how good he can be on the inside. Yeah, and uh, conversely, we're talking about another one of his line mates. We have a couple line mates out there, one of which didn't show up. We'll get to that in a second. Robert Hainsey, 32-inch arms, which is a lot more on the smaller side. That is not what you want from a guy who was playing tackle at Notre Dame. And you were talking with me before the show that you think Hainsey is probably better off playing center. And that's usually what happens when you have a player like Hainsey who comes in with shorter arms. Instead of watching him struggle at guard or tackle, you just ask him to bump inside and play a little bit of center. And I think Hainsey is more than capable of of making that transition for a team. Well, I I think Hainsey definitely can play guard still. I just think when when I'm looking at him – we talked about when Jared Patterson went down in the perfect world when everyone's healthy. Hainsey might have been that guy that makes that switch inside the center. And everything else that checked out pretty well for him, you know, he's over six foot four, he's over 300 pounds, only listed at 290 on the roster. So it was nice to see him put on a little weight. I think that he's just going to be that guy that is going to find a role because he's just so rock solid. Nothing fantastic about him, nothing spectacular, but he's going to be able to back up 
inside a guard, both guard spots, center, and then he could even play right tackle in a swing role as a pinch. I don't think he's I don't think he has starter upside, but I think that he does and and uh, that kind of really shows is that there's versatility to him. He could potentially be that dependable guy on multiple spots of the offensive line. But I, I think that people that really were getting excited about his offensive tackle film, for one, I never really saw it. Like, he was just rock solid. I don't think that there's any spectacular player here. I don't think that he's a starter-level player. But the 32-inch arms kind of point you towards that final assumption that, hey, he just doesn't have a ton of length. He's going to be a guy that moves in. He was a good college right tackle, but he doesn't quite have the traits as far as arm length to make that jump. But, but again, I think that the consistency that he brings will still be valued on the NFL level in a in a swing role where he could back up multiple positions. And I mentioned a, a little bit of a, a note here. Liam Eichenberg, not at the Senior Bowl from what we can see because he didn't measure in. He's not on the listed measurements. Maybe we missed something. Maybe... Um, he's coming in late or something along those lines. But as of right now, it just doesn't look like he's there. Do you think that there's something up here, maybe an injury? Like Kyle Trask decided not to play because of an apparent ankle injury. So we're not really sure what's happening with Liam Eikenberg. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a weird one. I've actually had a couple people that have reached out to me this morning and just asked, like, have you heard anything about Liam Eikenberg? Like, where is Liam Eikenberg? And he's not even listed on the roster this week, so I don't know if that's preventative from a injury perspective. Like maybe he's rehabbing something, long season. Maybe he's just trying to come back stronger for that pro day circuit, or if this is something like we saw with Trask, where the like just just pull out. This isn't a good situation for you. We'll we'll handle the rest of the process the best we can. I don't know, and I don't want to speculate on what it is. Just all I've been told is, hey, he's not on the roster anymore for whatever reason. And, you know, people, it's kind of a mad scramble because I've been looking throughout Twitter, hitting people up, trying to figure out some type of explanation. It seems to be very hush-hush, like nobody really knows. So if, if and it, that to me sounds like he probably just pulled out for personal reasons. I doubt that it is injury-related because I feel like injury-related would have been disclosed a little earlier, like the Kyle Trask thing, like, hey, he has an ankle injury. Like that's going to be put out there. There's nothing circling right now on the new, on the, um, on the news on the side of Liam Eikenberg, all we know that is he he is not on the Senior Bowl roster anymore, and he will not be participating this week in Mobile. Last thing I want to hit on before we wrap up this segment, Ian Book, and this is sadly going to be another piece of bashing Ian Book in terms of him being a draft prospect. And, and I'm not taking anything away from what he did at Notre Dame, but the measurements that Ian Book came in with at, his hands were fine, but it is very noticeable he is the smallest quarterback there in Mobile, and it's by a pretty good margin, and it's only going to stand out even more during the week of practice. And I, I think some unrealistic people might say, oh, Ian Book can go out there and, and still prove himself. But I, I was thinking about situationally a good comparison for him, and I think the best comparison – as much as I don't like to compare any Notre Dame player to a Michigan player, I, I think he compares to what happened with Shea Patterson last year. Shea Patterson goes to the combine. He has to compete against Jalen Hurts, Justin Herbert. Even Steven Montez has a big arm. He's not very good, but he has a big arm, and he's had NFL opportunities because of the size of his arm. And Shea Patterson, because he just looked underwhelming, way below expectations and not only coupled with the fact that he's just standing next to and throwing next to the guys that have a lot more juice on their throws and are 
physically more well-built to play quarterback in the NFL, they stood out a lot more, and he looked worse than I think maybe he actually was. And that's what worries me the most with Ian Book this week, and it's what we talked about. I have a bad feeling that this week is probably not he, – he could do fine – and he could do a decent job, but because of who he has to compare, he's going to be indirectly compared to just by the the act of being in, in the same rooms and on the same field as these guys. He could very well slide further than he was already projected. I think he's a UDFA guy. Yeah. I don't see him getting drafted. I mean, let, let's just put it out there. I'm sorry, Notre Dame fans, if that's not what you quite wanted to hear. I talked about the difference that we're going to see between arm strength between Felipe Franks and Ian Book. We didn't even talk about the phys- physical stature because real quick on Felipe Franks, he measures in at 6'6 and 3'8", 234 pounds, 83-inch uh, wingspan, 33 and 6'8-inch arms, 10-inch hands. Like, these dudes are going to be standing next to each other. And I'm, I'm going to be rolling a little bit, man. Like, it is just the most polar opposite players of all time. And then you're going to see them throw next to each other, and you're just going to be like, man, like, I get Ian Book's tough. He had a great college career. Like those things are undeniable. He's a fun player. He's an extender. Like he can do some things that hopefully, in the vein of a Taylor Heineke, could grab him a roster spot and maybe he could have success in spots. But we always talk about why are trades important. It's because outliers are outliers for for a reason, right? Like everybody wants to compare a player. Like oh, Russell Wilson's you know six foot and less. Kyler Murray's six foot and less. That you can have success. Yes, you can have success, but you're talking about two starting quarterbacks out of 32. It's hard for a team to bet on outliers. No matter if Ian Book ends up exceeding expectations, ends up being a starting quarterback in the NFL, then that is amazing for him. But at the end of the day, it's hard for scouts to look at him and say, You don't have any traits. I don't know how translatable this is, but I have a feeling about you and then throw your hat into the ring. Like it's hard to bet on outliers sometimes. And that is what Ian book is going to be. If he has success for me, I think we've seen the limitations to him as an Notre Dame supporter in the NFL draft spectrum. I think we're going to see a lot of limitations, not only this week for the rest of the draft process. He's a good college quarterback that doesn't always translate to being a sound and successful NFL player. Exactly. And that's just, the whole picture that we're trying to paint here being realistic with his uh, his draft projection. Coming up, we are going to project the wide receiver room, uh, the depth chart, if you may, after spring ball. Before we get to that, we want to talk to you about Built Bar. Yeah, and Built Bar is the absolute best protein bar on the market. I was so excited a couple weeks ago. I got my first box in a few months and went through it very quickly. And Built Bar is now even more improved than it was before. It's, it's even more delicious than I remember it. Comes in 18 amazing flavors, including both nut and non-nut flavors. Some of the original flavors that I really cling to early on, including coconut almonds, raspberry, German chocolate cake, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, a few others and my personal favorite, still the best one I've ever had, peanut butter brownie. Those are the 12 original flavors. But to add on to the excellence of these bars. They've also added in six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I've tried a few of these now, and I will say they are all equally delicious and a outstanding treat for the health conscious guy on the go. The bars are all covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Bill Bar is also great, again, for those health conscious people that are coming off of the new year and have goals in mind. They have set it and they want to maintain it. They want to lose 
or maintain weight while indulging in one of these delicious treats. All the bars are, are low calorie, low sugar, but high in protein, high in fiber. They're also great for the keto diet. A bar like peanut butter, for instance, has 19 grams of protein, but only 180 calories, only five grams of sugar, only five gram net carbs. Coconut almond, cherry barcia, cookies and cream, whatever your flavor is, nutritional facts are all very similar. Built Bar has now, to add on to it, has reset the promo code for this relaunch. So now you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. So take advantage of that offer today. You can go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code Locked On. that's all capital, Locked On, no spaces, and you'll get 20% off of your next order. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. So as we've been doing so far, we've talked about quarterbacks, we've talked about running backs. Now we've got an interesting one to discuss, which is the wide receiver room. You're losing Ben Skoranek, you're losing Javon McKinley most likely. They are moving on to aspirations to play in the NFL. And now our goal here is to project how we think that this receiver depth chart will shape out more importantly the starters and the guys that are out there uh, the most because there really isn't a deep rotation that we've seen for a few years now at Notre Dame but Ryan who do you think is going to fulfill this current lineup for receivers during spring ball and maybe at the end well I think we have to break this up into the positions that Notre Dame uses so we're talking about an x receiver we're talking about a z receiver and then we're talking about the slot receiver so X receiver, what we need for that position. Bigger body wide receiver can handle being on the line of scrimmage, handle working against press coverage. So that's where that physicality really comes into. So you need to get be able to get off the line cleanly. You need to win against bigger physical corners, which means you need to win in, with the football in the air and a lot of contested catch situations. So one guy that I know Notre Dame fans have been excited about for a couple years was a high recruit, Kevin Austin, who has, been, has dealt with some off-the-field stuff academically. has also dealt with some injuries. But every time he's on the football field, it's very obvious that Kevin Austin is one of the more talented wide receivers. So if he's able to put it together, like uh, Javon McKinley did as a redshirt senior, I think he's only going to be a redshirt junior or a true senior. So I think that Kevin Austin has that upside to being a very talented ex-receiver. Backing him up, I would say probably is going to be Micah Jones, another tall, big-body wide receiver at the Z spot. This is one that I'm really excited about. Jordan Johnson came in this past season and redshirted. He is about six foot two, 190 pounds, super athletic, super flexible. Why he looks best at a Z receiver is the Z receiver is going to play off the line of scrimmage more. Not the most physically imposing wide receiver as far as play strength on the line of scrimmage. So you're going to try to keep them a little more off the line of scrimmage. You're going to send them in motion a little bit, maximize release points, get some mesh concept going with them in crossing route situations. And I think Jordan Johnson's a really flexible athlete that I, I would say, again, is a big fan favorite of Notre Dame fans if you follow recruiting tightly. And I think that he is a guy that is going to take a big leap going into 2021. 
Joe Wilkins behind him probably. We saw him play a bunch this past season. I think he's just super solid. He has that longer frame like a Jordan Johnson. They're almost the same exact um, height and weight. But he's just, there's nothing spectacular about Joe Wilkins. I just think that he's a pretty dependable guy. So I think that he's a guy that's more suitable in a backup role. And then slot receiver. This is one where I'm, it's tough to project a little bit. Because you have a couple guys coming back in Avery Davis, who had some big moments this past year, former quarterback, turned defensive back, turned wide receiver, turned running back. Like he's been all over the place. Settled into that slot role a little bit, had some moments, especially that long, uh, that long gain against Clemson the first time around that set up the uh, the game tying touchdown. He's the most um, he's the most experienced guy. Lawrence Keys, or Lawrence Keys is also an experienced player who has also handled punt return duties in the past. He's just never really been able to put it together. In a perfect world, though, I think that those guys are depth pieces. And I would love to see Brayden Lindsey finally cling to a role because he has had some flashes in 2019, 2020. He dealt with a lot of injuries. But if we're talking about vertical speed, because Kevin Austin's you know pretty fast for his size, but he's not a guy that's going to consistently win the down the field. Jordan Johnson kind of the same way. like He's more of an intermediate route runner. Brayden Lindsey is the fastest man on Notre, in Notre Dame's wide receiver group and comparable to Chris Tyree as far as pure speed. Those guys would have a hell of a race. Former track guy that was originally recruited to go to Oregon before he flipped. And he has some game-breaking speed. This is a legit 4-4-0 to 4-3-something type of, uh, type of athlete. And we need that speed influx because I think that we really saw at times this year and over the last couple years really, sometimes things just get too condensed because we have great tight ends. We have some bigger body wide receivers. But we need that guy that can really stretch the field vertically and kind of open things up a little bit. I'm hoping that Braden Lindsay finally takes that role to play inside a little bit, can kind of be an interchangeable player to play some Z as well. He needs to be that vertical threat that Notre Dame desperately needs because we just haven't had that player really since Will Fuller. Like, we just haven't had that guy. And I, I really am looking for... Braden Lindsay to hopefully take advantage of opportunity and finally break out the way that we thought he might coming into 2020. I really have no qualms with with any of the the, the spots that you have here. The only one that I, I, I did find a little bit not confusing, but I was surprised by. I, I thought that Avery Davis, you know, regardless that Braden Lindsay's probably the more explosive player to put in the slot. I, I just thought that from what we saw from Avery Davis and and some of those big games that he had in 2020, that we we might get. A uh, you know a, a big bump from him next year coming in, and he's going to be the the most veteran guy returning to this group. I just thought that you would maybe lean towards him to play a little bit more. Do you think that he's somebody who could play outside of the slot it, just so we can get on the field a little bit more? But I, I just feel like they're going to use him more than as the backup slot receiver. I, I just think that he he's a little limited physically. Like he's not the biggest guy in the world. I I think that he can play some Z receiver. He's another guy that you probably have to maximize some release points off him, keep him off the line of scrimmage a little bit. I think he's going to play a ton. This is just trying to be optimistic a little bit because I, I think that Avery Davis is a nice athlete. He wins in short spaces. But I really am worried about this team, again, just kind of getting too condensed because I feel like that was really some of the problem we saw. Like at no point in the second Clemson game and the, in the Alabama game in the playoff did we see any of these corners for Alabama or any defensive backs in general really getting threatened, you know, making making them be uncomfortable. I think Brayden Lindsey has the type of speed that even if he's not the most refined player of all time, he's going to make you pay attention to him. So I think that Avery Davis is absolutely going to play the 
play a bunch. And I think that he might even end up being the starting slot receiver for Notre Dame. I would just like to see some type of rotation where we get Lindsey involved a bunch more. And, and I think that the slot is a natural fit for a guy like Braden Lindsey because uh, they also like to run some jet sweeps and some end arounds and stuff like that. So obviously you need him to be off the line of scrimmage and coming from the slots a little easier to translate that to, uh, to, you know, to your scheme. I just, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit trying to find the perfect spot for Lindsey because I want to see Austin on the field. I want to see Johnson on the field, but I also, we also still need to get that speed on the field in some capacity. I think Avery Davis is a nice player. He's a safety blanket type of player. But I think if if we're not going to lull into the same old, same old for Notre Dame, just being big and physical and maybe not super explosive, I, I just worry about them getting complacent with that and leaving a talent like Braden Lindsay off the field. Coming up, we are going to react to an NFL draft mock draft covering the latest buzz behind the highly draftable Notre Dame draft prospects. Before we get to it, though, are you ready for the Super Bowl, which is coming up next weekend? If you want to bet on this game, which I can't imagine that you don't, there are a lot of opportunities to bet on this game with so many prop bets, and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that you can trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Do you maybe think that uh, Tampa Brady is going to win his next Super Bowl or the Chiefs are going to win back-to-back? If you think either of those things are going to happen... Put some money down, make yourself some beer money for the game or after it, and have some fun while you're watching it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on college basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get your daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the new Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And also hit that subscribe button for us as well and leave us a review, a five-star review would be appreciated. So it's it's no uh, it's no secret that Ryan and I work for NFL Draft Bible, which now is the main source of NFL Draft content on Sports Illustrated and Fan Nation, which is the new platform for Sports Illustrated. So whenever we have the opportunity to talk about the draft, if there's draft content that we can um, make relevant for Notre Dame and we have the time to discuss it, I think we should. So our, our boss, Rick Saratella, uh, who doesn't typically – how often does he put out mock drafts? Oh, th- this was like a special occurrence, man. He's like, oh, we're on Sports Illustrated now. Let's have some fun, you know. So he wanted to put out the first mock draft that was officially live. Okay. All right. Well, congrats, Rick, to, <laughs> to putting this out. I'm going to be – I'm curious to see when he puts out another one. So when he puts one out, I think it has to be discussed. Uh, when you put one out, we're also going to cover it. Maybe Lorenz, too. I like Lorenz's mock drafts. Uh, so so getting into uh, this mock draft, because there's three guys that were selected in the first three rounds. This is a three-round mock draft. The first one, not that surprising, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa ends up 17th with the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, this one makes a lot of sense to me, Ryan, because the Raiders right now need some juice on defense. And they went and made some some moves in free agency last year to just boost things a little bit. But I think when you bring in a guy like Jock, you can 
not only get juice, but you can get a playmaker that can do multiple things and is going to do a really good job playing in the second level of your defense. John Gruden seems like a guy who really likes to be revolutionary and, and follow the path that current teams are working towards in terms of personnel. I, I feel like this would fit the the mold of, of Dennis Allen and also, um, and also uh, John Gruden to go and get a versatile linebacker like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Well, let's start here. One, shout out to Rick, because I like the fit, and I like Jock top 20. You know, I, I feel like he is what the Raiders need. They need an influx of athleticism on the second and third levels of their defenses, absolutely. I don't think this one's going to happen, though. And this is the tough part about Mox is, like, you try to find the good fits that make sense, but then also there's a predictive part of it sometimes too right so this might be rick as the gm as you know if he was the raiders but just this past offseason uh just this past well previous offseason i guess we're in the offseason now but that offseason they gave big contracts to Corey littleton and nick Kwiatkowski. so unless they're getting rid of one of those guys i know that it sounds like dumb like oh well are you gonna let like average football players keep you from getting a potentially dynamic football player and that, that's the tough conversation, but they have a lot invested in linebacker right now. And it's it's been historically over the last few years that you see teams that invest heavily on the second level of a defense to that degree aren't usually successful. You know, the, the where you get where you make the best, you know, the best um, where you get the best out of your money has typically gone from the cornerback position, defensive end. Offensive line, quarterback. Like, those are your spots, right? Like, some other positions and linebackers being a devalued position. So, I like the fit. I think Jock is definitely a top 20 player overall in this draft. I just am finding it hard to believe that the Raiders will will take a linebacker after what they put into the linebacker unit previously last offseason. Okay. Interesting insight there. At 47, we have Aaron Banks going to the Los Angeles Chargers he is the first Notre Dame Notre Dame lineman off the board in this mock draft. And I could also see this one happening, him going pretty early in the second. This is like mid-second where he ends up um, slotting. And the Chargers, uh, for me, would be a really good fit for him um, because they need some interior offensive line help. I think that their priority is probably going to be to bolster that line in this draft class. So maybe not this upcoming year, but going forward, Justin Herbert is properly protected. So you get Aaron Banks, who we've talked about a ton, as somebody who can play immediately, doesn't really need much of a learning curve to get ready. Um, I think grabbing him is perfect for them because protection as soon as possible for Justin Herbert is a, a main priority for them. Absolutely. And I, I like the fit. I really like the fit for this one because Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, like those guys haven't really panned out into what some people thought they would be coming out of college. So Aaron Banks, I think, is a plug-and-play player at left guard, and I think that he is a, a nice pairing, too, because I think Rick gave them Rashawn Slater in the f- first round. So they're going heavy offensive line. Where Justin Herbert already has some weapons, and Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and all those dudes. Let's get some protection. Aaron Banks at 47, I think, is tremendous value. We have him at NFL Draft Bible as a top 60 player. I think he's a fantastic football player, a plug-and-play guard, and I think that it makes a lot of sense to protect your most important asset in Justin Herbert. And then lastly, we actually, funny enough, Liam Eikenberg going to play in Los Angeles as well, going to the Rams, your team, at number 57. Uh, and I also enjoy this pick, too. 
I'm surprised. I really thought we were going to be bashing Rick more. I'm surprised that we're agreeing with him so much. Um, we can if you want. We can bash him well, more. I, I think these all make sense because, it, you know, if you yeah. think about it, Eichenberg's not going to be like a, you know, a super big name tackle prospect in this class because there's just some other guys that are probably going to go ahead of him. But I think the, the Rams' current situation is that they might not immediately need uh, Eichenberg to play left tackle for them. But, you know, at some point, you know, I think it would make sense to, to grab someone like this here in like a couple of years. He ends up slotting over to left tackle. It's probably better for him to do that, that he doesn't have to play immediately out there. And you could ask him to play right tackle. I, you know, probably you probably have a better projection of this Rams offensive line than I do. But I just think this makes sense because offensive line is something that can always be solidified for this Rams team. Absolutely. And it's it's something where. Hey, we have Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. He's going to be 40 years old if he returns. Like, right. they talk about talk about outliers. Like a 40 year old offensive tackle, like that never happens. <laughs> Rob, Rob Havenstein is the right tackle who's been like up and down the last couple of years. He's making a little bit of money though. At worst though, I think Eichenberg can slide in somewhere inside potentially because they've been a little up and down there. You know, they've had some guys like Austin Corbett played okay during the majority of the season. David Andrews had some good spots. Um, you know, there are some players inside that you, like, can get a little excited about. But I think that, you know, Joseph Noteboom also is another guy that has kind of slotted inside a little bit. But I think that really starting to understand what you're doing at left tackle, you know, for the long stretch here. Because if, again, if Whitworth comes back, I would imagine this would be his last one. Because, again, 40-year-old left tackle, like, you never see that. You need to start getting some insurance. You need to start really understanding what the long-term outlook of the position is. And I don't think Liam Eikenberg is a – tremendous football player i think he's rock solid like i keep comparing him to riley reef which i think is like he, riley's been a starting left tackle for a long time like he's a good solid football player i don't think the upside is quite that much but i think that he can be very solid for you and trying to figure out more importantly what the next step after andrew whitworth i think is paramount to this team and lee meikenberg at pick 57 or whatever it is i think is good value well, that's it for this mock draft and our discussion, our heavy draft discussion on today's episode. We'll probably do a couple more pieces here and there discussing the, the Senior Bowl. And because we're so NFL draft heavy, we're going to talk about it a ton. Hopefully you enjoy the conversations that we have about this. Um, if you do enjoy it, please leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at Joe DeLeon, uh, at Rise and Draft, at Locked on Irish. Coming up on Thursday, we will be recapping the Notre Dame-Virginia Tech game. And if you're looking for something else to tune into, head on over to Locked On Today to get a full scope of the national sports world. We'll talk to you tomorrow, folks. Enjoy the rest of your day.